Welcome to the Fifth Trooper Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Fifth Trooper Podcast. My name is Jay Shalansky and joining me today is Vicki Sfers. Is that correct, Vicki? That's correct, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and she is the designer of Adventures in Neverland, which was just recently uh, completely kickstarted, right? You guys were completely successful with that. Yes, we uh, we reached uh, over half a million euros. Um, so that that's crazy. Yeah, uh, it was quite overwhelming. And um, now I know you you're in the Netherlands, right? Right. Is that is that where the company is from as well? The publisher. Yes, Black Box Adventure is Black Box Adventures is a publisher in the Netherlands. Uh, but I'm a Belgian designer, um, and I met them at a convention, and we started talking, and we decided we wanted to work together. Uh, but I recently moved to the Netherlands. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. So, uh, did you? I think I read this somewhere, and, and I want. So you had a passion for the Peter Pan story, correct? Going into Cor- this. Correct. Yeah. Um, it's one of my all-time favorite stories. Um, I loved, uh, or, or I still love, uh, the adaptations. But I think I was a teenager when I first read the original novel. And since I read that one, I was completely sold. And that was my, uh, my equivalent of Harry Potter or something mm. like that. Um, so, yeah, I really love the story. And I wanted a game to explore that world. It, it started as simple as that. I wanted something to explore that world uh, myself. So what do, you think, uh, what do you think attracted you the most to that world? Uh, you know, when you first, maybe when you first read or saw one of the, you know, probably the Disney movie or, or something like, what, what really drew you in with like your earliest memories? I think that there is a sense of wonder that children have. And I think it's remarkable to look at the world in that way. Um, The joy of little things and the wonder in little things and the adventure. I I always preferred the smaller adventures than the big epic ones. And Neverland is a world where those fairy tale things can be a reality or they talk about it in such a way that it could be your neverland because every neverland is different and Mm. it's so rich and well the thing as i got older i appreciated the story more because you can read it on different levels you can read it as a simple fairy tale and then it's just a fantastic tale about fairies and pirates and mermaids and all, all those things. But if you start looking deeper into it, um, then you'll notice it, it handles themes like growing up and responsibility and what, is it, what does it mean to be a mother? Um, what does it mean to be a father? Uh, what's, what does it mean to... Um, leave childhood behind and I'm, I'm getting quite philosophical on this. I'm that's sorry. Okay. But, no, please. Um, but I think that's, that's the, that's the great thing about the novel that you can read it in different levels. And 
I personally got a lot of, um, uh, how do you say that? Um, sort of like, well, I don't want to go life lessons, but you know, some people really like Harry Potter because mm -hmm. it's such a rich universe and the characters feel real and uh, they go through real things. And I think that some fans um, take things from those books mm -hmm. and uh, apply it in their daily life to get through life or get through the day. And I think Peter Pan is my Harry Potter, so to say. Mm. And I, yeah, <laughs> perhaps so, I shouldn't go too far into no, this, no, but... That's okay. So, um, so now do you find um, like in some of the expanded stuff, like for instance, uh, like one of my favorite revisits to that world was uh, Hook with, uh, with, with um, Robin Williams. Yeah. The movie. And I, I you know, I think cause I was, I was probably uh, young when that came out. So as a kid, that was always like, Oh my, you know, like they kind of brought back that magic a little bit. And, yes. uh, you know, when I heard you talking, um, I kind of was thinking about that movie and how some of those themes carry over, right? Because, you know, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen a movie that's 30 years, 40 years old at this point. But, <laughs> uh, you know, Peter Pan is, is grown up and he's, and he's going back to Neverland to kind of relive the imagination. And mm -hmm. it's just, it's interesting because I think you're right, because I think... Many of us uh, growing up, you know, as as a young man, I saw it as more of like an adventure with pirates, and you know, and <laughs> and and just that I think I think I've always had this uh, attraction towards pirates and that sort of theme, and so that's what brought me more into the world. But as as an adult, um, yeah, you definitely start to pick up on those deeper meanings and and threads that the that the story has. Yeah, exactly. So that. That's the thing I love about it too. You can appreciate it as a child, or you can love it as a child because of the adventure. And as you grow older, you can still have that same adventure, but you also start to read into things. And um, that's something I find quite wonderful about the story. And I, I agree, I love Hook. Um, in the original, Peter Pan never grows up. So it was a creative liberty to uh, tell the story about a grown-up Peter. And I think they could not have done a better casting than Robin Williams as an adult Peter Pan. Hmm, yeah. I think no one else could have uh, portrayed that character the way he did. Yeah, and, and I mean, it's... It's interesting because when I was when I was looking at the uh, the Kickstarter for the game, uh, you know the the you, it's very apparent that the idea uh, for the game is story driven, mm -hmm. and so I I think before you know before I heard you talk about how much you love the story, I I really felt like that was the right decision as far as with this you know with this theme of of Peter Pan and Neverland. So when you were thinking about the game and, and thinking about making these stories that you love as a game, how much of that played into the development for you? Well, I'm going to be very honest with you. When I first had the idea for this game, I had a little experience with uh, board games. Um, I was playing role-playing games at the time. Um, but I was playing um, 
I wasn't playing that much, uh, that many board games. Mm -hmm. um, so I really started something I had hadn't um, have. I didn't have experience yet. Um, yeah. So it just was a wild, wild idea, and I thought I'm just gonna try it and. Like many first-time designers, I think the first playtesters were my friends. Mm, and yep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so but at a certain point, I thought I need to show this to a, a bigger audience uh, so I could get more feedback. And people gave me all kinds of feedback, and I learned a lot in those years. And I was very lucky that people wanted to sit at uh, my table at conventions to try a prototype uh, designed by someone who never designed a game before. So I'm <laughs> very, very grateful for that. Um, but at first, it wasn't a complex story-driven game. It was always my goal to explore the world, but I, it took some time to figure out how I could convey that, mm -hmm. how we could um, do that. and eventually it grew into a story-driven game and i'm really happy that we took that direction because it conveys what i've been trying to do with the game yeah and i mean from it does have a very like it's funny because you know you said you played rpgs uh role-playing games and it's mm -hmm. funny because that's kind of what the game has in it as well. There's this character advancement that's almost a role-playing style of, mm -hmm. of advancing the players. But then you also have uh, your deck of cards that, that tell the stories for the characters. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, um, it's more a, a cross between a board game and a role-playing game. I mean, in a role-playing game, pretty everything is pretty... Uh, sorry for my English. No, that's okay. Um, um, pretty much everything is possible. If you can think of it and the DM allows it, then everything is possible. In a board game, that's a, that's a bit more difficult to accomplish. Ooh. So you, you, um, it was quite a challenge to find that balance. Uh, what, what makes a story-driven game a game and what makes that game uh, convey a good story. Uh, so yeah, that was quite a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure. So how much stress, I guess, did you feel about taking such a beloved theme and story uh, and trying to make it into a game? Was there any hesitation there for you? Um, not for me personally, because like I said, I always uh, love the story. I still do. Um, what I didn't think of uh, from the get-go is that everyone has their own idea about the story due to the many adaptations or their mm. own um, fantasy that they added to it. And it is a well-known story. It, those are well-known characters. And at first, I just did my own thing. And the moment it, we, we launched on Kickstarter, I noticed that a lot of people had their own ideas and their own, um, yeah, their own, uh, they saw the characters in, in a certain kind of way. Yeah. And I thought that was wonderful. 
because I, I hadn't realized that. And I think it's wonderful that everybody can add their own little thing to it. And we encourage it too, because we um, are going to uh, upload um, a writer's guide. So mm -hmm. pe people can write their own adventures to play with the game. So, yeah. Yeah, that's really neat. Yeah, I could see too... Um, because the art style for the game is very uh, dynamic and very unique as well. And it, it, it's, it's very much like um, the old art style, right? That may have originally played well with the, you know, with the first writing of the book. And so I, th I can see where people would have their own kind of interpretation <laughs> of this world that may be slightly outside of, you know what you have but still it still feels like it's part of it though like it may not for me in particular it's a little different um than than how i would have imagined the world but i don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities which i think is really well done thank you well there were a few things that we took into consideration when uh designing the world and the art style first of all we have to stick to the original novel we can go outside that because novel is public domain and mm. everything else is not. So yeah. we had to stick to the novel. And quite frankly, I wanted to stick to the novel. I wanted to pay a homage to uh, how it was originally written. And when I talked to Frederick about this, uh, he agreed. And we talked about illustrators that worked on the books back in the day. And he said that that was the same style he wanted to develop in as an artist. Mm. So that was a perfect match. And we explored that and he explored the world. And he has a lot of uh, knowledge about um, Irish and Scottish mythology. And he researched the, the lore that uh, J.M. Barry might have uh, known and might have taken as an inspiration and the world that he sketched uh, we tried to flesh out a bit so it's not really a, a, well it's for sure not a Disney kind of uh, mm. world Yeah, but it's also not a gruesome world either it's somewhere in between mm -hmm. because sometimes you have these fairy tales adaptations and they throw in zombies or I don't, I don't know what but yeah. then they, they turn it into pretty gruesome fairy tales. And yeah. I, I think we wanted to go back to how it was supposed to be uh, read, how mm. it was supposed to be interpreted. Well, in our humble opinion, <laughs> uh, because we might never know for sure. But it's, it lies somewhere between a, a child's world and, and um, well, those more original fairy tales mm. well and i th i think it has to because you know it, it, as it's told you know the story i suppose is told through the eyes of children but mm -hmm. there's but there's adults that exist in the world like you know hook and shmi and and you know the pirates are all adults and you mm -hmm. know uh, uh the mermaids are more in more adults i think uh mm -hmm. than you know and even some of the braves were were adults as well so i it's very interesting in, that you say that because I think it, you know, now that I think about it, I think it has to be kind of a combination of those two things because those people all live in that world. Yeah, exactly. And that's what we try to 
uh, accomplish with when we were designing that world and how would it look and how would people behave in it and how do they see their world and how would they dress and why would they dress like that and things like that and like I'm going to say it again I said it in so many interviews but I'm really happy with the work that Frederick does because I think he does an, a magnificent job bringing those characters and that world to life mm. Yeah, I, I mean, just based on <clears throat> everything that I've seen, I, I would agree with that 100%. Um, like I said before, I had my own visions of that world, you know, ba based on past experiences, but these didn't feel like a betrayal of those visions. They just felt like, uh, oh, yeah, no, th that could totally be like that too. You know, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in the game you know, not only can you play as Peter and, and I'm going to put this in quotation marks, the heroes, but you can also play as Hook. So can you kind of talk to the ideas behind being able to have, um, you know, these, all these different characters be playable? Yes, of course. Well, first of all, um, because uh, those characters get, um, get their own time in the novel as well. Um, perhaps some characters like Smee and Tiger Lily get a little uh, less, um, I don't know what the book equivalent for screen time is, but <laughs> <laughs> they, they get less time uh, talked about in the book. But the other characters are quite uh, present and mm. some things are uh, talked about through their eyes. And so I immediately thought that, well, Hook is perhaps the, the villain of the story, but he is a very rich character as well. And I thought it would be very interesting to have a game that would not work against him, like a cooperative game, um, as in we're all the heroes and we're going against Hook, but mm. where he can have his own story and his own goals and means and that you can explore what it's like to be a pirate um and from the get-go i wanted it to be a competitive story because sure the adaptations made the others uh, work together as a team but in the novel that's not always the case so mm. i thought it was very fitting uh to try if we could make a competitive story game work because most other story games that i've played uh, were cooperative uh, so that that was basically out of curiosity. To answer, uh, did I answer your question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, it was out of curiosity, and because I thought it fits the world. Yes, and I and I think now you know now that you say that, and I and I'm thinking about it, because even though um, in the stories, you know, Wendy's definitely intrigued by by Peter. I think there's at, at times that they're at opposite means right like they have they right. at, at times that they can sometimes they're together but sometimes they're like she doesn't agree with with him or he doesn't agree with her and so i i really like that thought that um everyone every character has their own unique even even hook being the the villain quote unquote you know mm -hmm. everyone has their own story that needs to be told so being able to play mm -hmm. through even the the pirates is is i think great like that's mm -hmm. I really like the explanation of that. Yeah. 
Yeah, so it started out as a competitive game, but we also noticed that uh, once we were further in development, that it also could lend itself to a cooperative game. I mm. mean, it has all the the components and it has all the rules that could easily be bent into a cooperative mode. And I also noticed that a lot of people who typically play these story kind um, kind of games uh, are a big fan of co-op. Yeah. So it's it started out as a competitive game, and later on we added the possibility of a, a co-op mode. Yeah, I I think um, w- without having played the game, but I I do believe that's probably a good move because I find that some of the best story games, yeah, do provide not not just competitive, but also provide that cooperative as well so that um, I think that helps you meet the demand for different player types, you know? So if someone's more mm-hmm. of a casual player, um, competitive's a little harder to swallow <laughs> sometimes. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So uh, that's, uh, that's why we uh, did that. So can you, uh, some of the unique things that I noted here are that your character stories are built into decks, a deck of cards. So can mm-hmm. you kind of explain um, a little bit how that works and, and why you chose to go that way? Um, so basically every story consists of one deck and every deck uh, has 40 cards in it to tell the story. And um, when you start your adventure, you read the first one and it Mm -hmm. explains a bit uh, what went wrong or what you picked up or the problem that you want to solve. And right from the get-go, you get an option. You get to choose between two options how you want to approach this problem, how you want to start your adventure right in the setup. So uh, the card explains you where you have to place your pawn um, if you make a certain choice which uh, card will be the next one that you'll have to read uh, and so forth and from then on on it's uh, basically the cards tell you where story markers will drop and uh, when you reach that story marker you can spend an action to go to that card and read your next story and again you'll get a little bit of text uh, with what happens next, and then you get to make a choice again, which leads to different results. Mm. The the thing is, 40 cards is not a whole lot to <laughs> to make uh, a very um, very branched story, so to say. Mm-hmm. So you start with the same card for um, for that adventure, and you have possibly three three or four uh, end cards mm-hmm. um, and everything in between has to branch out and link to each other and it has to read as if you were supposed to take that route. So that was quite a challenge <laughs> for <Yeah>. us. <laughs> yeah. um, but if everything goes well, you shouldn't be able to tell um, if, if uh, you went uh, the long way or the short route, route mm. or um, anything like that. So that's basically the idea. Um, you have your story cards. They tell you which choices that you have. And depending on the choices that you make, uh, you go to a different card. Um, and within those choices uh, can be uh, 
Well, they can ask you to perform a skill test. For example, if you're planning to attack a pirate, so to say, uh, chances are that you have to do uh, uh, an attack role. And depending on your success or on your failure, you go to a different chapter. Hmm. And also, I saw that uh, there's going to be additional stories through booster packs too, correct? Correct. Because uh, of the way that the stories are built, uh, there is a lot of replayability, but the replayability is not endless. Mm. So that's why we offer additional stories so that you can buy a new deck of cards and you can just use the same components and the same base game, the same characters, and then you can play through a new story. And in those boosters are also new uh, happening cards and side quests and item cards and things like that. So you can switch up your base game as well. Because we also try to uh, do um, an open world mm -hmm. um, where you can visit locations and where you can... Um, I'm, I'm sorry, did you hear that? Yeah, it's okay though. Keep going, keep going. Okay. <laughs> Um, so we uh, build in an open world where you can visit special locations and where you can um, search for items or do side quests and things like that. So it's not just your story. It's um, more like I am a character in Neverland. Uh, what is my adventure? Mm. How, how am I going to do this? And what is my experience going to be like? So when you were creating the game and we, we talked earlier about play testing and after beyond bringing it to your friends and you started to bring it to new people was it difficult as as a creator to have people um offer changes <laughs> to your to your baby or or what, like I'm, I'm sure some changes were relatively easy like hey if we did this it'd be easier to get to here but um were there were there changes that were hard to to make honestly i thought i'd had um, i would have a much harder time to um to listen to that feedback i thought yeah. like like you said it is it is my baby so to speak and i thought um that would be difficult to hear those uh, things. But the truth is, I, I am glad for the things that uh, playtesters um, said and the things that they noticed because every change that I made was for the better. And when I came to a point that I couldn't fix the issues by making minor uh, updates or minor changes, I thought to myself, okay, what is the worst that could happen? If I, <laughs> if I make a drastic choice here and I compl completely change the layout of the game and the design of the game, what is the worst thing that can happen? That it doesn't work. Okay, and what do I do when it doesn't work? I just go back to the previous version. Right. So I let it, I let it go and I completely changed it uh, just to try it out. And it works beautifully. And that's when I thought like, okay, bring it. <laughs> break my game, break yeah. my game. Tell me what you want about it. And hey, I can only learn from that. And in the end, the game has to be the best version of itself that it 
can possibly be it's, mm -hmm. it's not about me or or my baby so to speak the game has to stand on its own so no i i did not find that difficult uh to incorporate feedback from playtesters so uh, also i think I, you know, there's this, there's this saying, uh, for, I forgot who said it. it was an artist, but that basically they never uh, finished paintings. They just ended up abandoning them because there's always something you could find that you want to edit or change. And mm -hmm. I, f I feel like, um, does, does the booster packs, is that giving you that opportunity to make updates or to tell more stories that maybe you, you wanted to tell that you couldn't originally tell? Huh. Um... No, not really. It's not because, um, well, let me put it like this. I want to tell more stories mm -hmm. um, and I want to add replayability, but I'm happy with the base game as it is. And sure, you can make more tweaks and you can uh, always change things because in the end, you cannot please everyone. I know that mm. some people will like it. Some people will love it. Some people will hate it. Um, and the boosters are more uh, something to give you more replayability and more adventure and um, they're, they're extras. Uh, and if, if you like the base game and you want more stories and you want more adventures, you have the opportunity to buy boosters. So what was your, what was your favorite part? of designing the game and working on this? My favorite part was uh, playtesting uh, with the publisher uh, because we keep going back and forth. And um, I think what I'm trying to say is that I really love working with Black Box Adventures. Because they have an open mind when they are playtesting games and they make suggestions and we try things and then I make suggestions and we try things. And in the end, we end up with um, ideas which I cannot precisely pinpoint who thought of that. Right. Because we, we added stuff and we changed stuff and... It's, it became a project of the, the three of us, well, the four of us, because... Frederick had some ideas about the world and we took inspiration from that as well. Uh, so I really liked the collab collaboration. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. And the conventions. I love doing the conventions. I love uh, visiting. Uh, visit oh, I'm sorry. It's been a long day. It's okay. Um, I love meeting new people and I mm -hmm. love going to uh, different countries. And uh, again, I'm a first time designer and mm -hmm. it was so great to see the world from a different perspective. Yeah, uh, for sure. So, all right. So, so here's this. What was the toughest part about developing the game? The deadlines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> we we, ha we had and, and we still have some pretty steep deadlines and I still have a full-time job as well. So yeah, uh, and a relationship and uh, <laughs> friends, <laughs> friends who want to see me once in a while. So the, yeah, the deadlines are the worst part. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, that is the, uh, that's the interesting part in this industry, right? Is that uh, content creators like ourselves, like podcasts, uh, board, you know, first time board game developers or designers like yourself, like uh, when you first get into it, you're still working <laughs> like a regular job. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think, you know, before, before getting in and like really understanding the industry, I, you know, I think a lot of us fan, fantasize and romanticize it and be like, well, if I develop a game, I'll be in and that's all I'll be doing for the rest of my life. Uh, and it doesn't really work. It's not like a switch, right? It doesn't just no. turn, turn on, turn off. It's, it's very uh, transitional. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So yeah, it, it takes a lot of time and a lot of work and um, I still love it and I still would do it all over again, but sometimes it can get pretty intense and yeah, you have to get through that um, and then we can all enjoy it and <laughs> <laughs> I'm still enjoying it. Just I want to point that out. It's still a dream come true, um, but yeah, it's, it's hard work. Well, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think <clears throat> probably what adds to that too is you did all this hard work, you, the Kickstarter successful, um, but now, you know, the delivery is in March 2021, right? Mm -hmm. So, so right. for all of these people who are excited about the game, who backed it, and I, I'm one of them, and it's just like, okay, well, now I got to wait till March. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting dynamic how how Kickstarter specifically works with games. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. Um, and it was quite the experience uh, because it was, again, the first time that I did a, a Kickstarter from the other end, <laughs> mm -hmm. so to say. Um, and it was really interesting how the community grew and the feedback that we got. And um, sometimes backers would have... Uh, a, ideas and they would pitch them to us and so it's not just uh the stress of a kickstarter like everything has to run smoothly and you have to get your updates in time and whatnot uh but also the community adds to that experience so again mm -hmm. it's it's hard work um and there were times that i <laughs> I, I slept really badly but at times i i felt like wow <laughs> wow, I, I am yeah. so grateful that I can experience this. It's it's I don't know what I can compare it to. It's it was really overwhelming at times. The support and, and the love and you 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 could actually feel the community growing and mm -hmm. I knew that what was Kickstarter that is what Kickstarter is supposed to be about, but to to uh, experience it uh, from the other side that that was quite, um, yeah, quite exceptional. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. And I, I'm sure it felt great when you had the first, like, semi-real prototype in your hand as well to see, mm -hmm. to see your creation in the flesh. I'm sure mm -hmm. it was really nice. Yes, and especially with the, the uh, graphic design coming together and the illustrations being finished and the miniatures. Oh, I love the miniatures. You know, I, I, uh, a lot of prototypes that I made myself were just plain paper and yeah. I cut the cards and I drew something on it like this is a symbol and you have a plus one on that. And so it's, it's all, all um, 
very low budget <laughs> kind of thing. I recently uh, discovered some older prototypes and, and I, I thought to myself, oh my gosh, did I, did I visit conventions with these? But yeah, I did. Yeah, of course, right? <laughs> <laughs> but if, it feels really great when you see the, the professionals handle the graphic design and the prototypes and hmm. whatnot, and you have those, uh, that prototype in your hands, then it gets real. And then, you, then I, I got to see what I've been working for. And that, that was really amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, what uh, what's the future hold for you? What are you are you thinking about the next game, or are you thinking about are you just focused on getting this game out in in March? Right now, I'm focused on getting this game out uh, in March because we still have a lot of work to do. Yeah. Uh, so right now, I'll just be glad uh, if everything goes smoothly and we get it delivered in time and whatnot. That's my first concern right now. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm it's, sure. It's yeah. True. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's a lot of work, so I, I really want to get that done. Um, after that, I'm going to take a little break. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pick up my social life again, and uh, I'm going to take a little break. Yeah, maybe go on a little vacation. <laughs> yes, yes, I would love, I would love to have a vacation. <laughs> um. And after that, yeah, I must say I'm intrigued. Um, now that I've explored the world of board games and board game uh, development, um, I, I can feel that the passion has grown and I do feel like uh, doing more of this. Um, so I do have some ideas in the back of my mind. Mm -hmm. And um, hey, who knows? Um, what the future will hold. Um, I'm definitely going to try and make more games, but first, uh, first of all, I really want to finish this game. Yeah, deliver this one first. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> deliver, deliver this one first, and after that, who knows what the future might hold. Well, that's great. I mean, I, I think we're all looking forward to getting this game in our hands and uh, looking forward to what else you may do in the future. And Congratulations on the successful Kickstarter. Really, really great. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, well, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to leave on besides that? Um, I, I just want to thank all the backers um, who, who support this game and who were so patient with us and uh, for all the feedback that we got, uh, that I got. Um, and for the... Um, trust that they put in us and the trust that they put in me because again i'm a first-time designer so i never thought that people would um would take interest in mm. in my game so a big thank you to everyone who supports the game thank you well thank you so much for joining us well thanks for having me join us next week for another edition of the fifth trooper podcast this has been a Fifth Trooper production.